This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a look ahead to Saturday night's football game at BYU. I'm joined by Cyclone Radio Network analysts Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw. Each of these teams are one win away from bowl eligibility. And BYU has been tough to beat at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars are 4-0 at home this season, but the Cyclones have won their last two road games. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw. Well, guys, two teams looking for the opportunity to become bowl eligible this weekend. And, you know, BYU has been pretty tough to beat at home. Let's start there. They're 4-0 at home. Iowa State's won its last two road games, but this is uh, this is one where I think Iowa State has to really come and play well because I think they're going to take BYU's best shot. Well, you know, both teams, uh, five and four, looking for bowl eligibility, and each have tough roads ahead after that. Not saying they couldn't win those other games, but it, it's a really big game. And, you know, the night atmosphere, although it didn't help Iowa State so much the other night, but uh, BYU is a tough place to play. You have some altitudes, a minor factor, I think, but at the same time, you got some older gentlemen, if you will, playing for BYU, the guys that have been on missions. and. Anyway, it, it's just a totally different kind of look that Iowa State has seen. First time we've played BYU since, uh, actually since I was in college. So a very unique challenge, and but fantastic opportunity. It's a team that Iowa State, you know, if Iowa State plays really well, uh, I think they'll win the game. I do too. I agree with that, Eric. And, and you look at what's left for these teams when, when this game's over and, and why you're going to get the best shot, I think, from both teams. I think it's going to be one of the great games out there this weekend because – you know, BYU plays Oklahoma and Oklahoma State the following two weeks, and we obviously play Texas and Kansas State. So when you come into this game, both teams five and four, you're looking to get that bowl eligibility off your plate. And so when we get to that game on Saturday night, both these teams are going to be fired up. They both know what's on the line, uh, and they're both going to be given their best swing and fight at it because there is a lot on the line on Saturday, and, and, and BYU knows it as well. So without a doubt, we're going to get their best shot, but I think they're going to get it ours as well. Both teams coming off a loss. Iowa State coming off a home loss and BYU coming off one of their poor performances of the season at West Virginia. So trying to rebound, you know, you go back to Iowa State's game. It was a game Iowa State could have won a week ago, but didn't. And that's what adds to the drama uh, come Saturday night. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest reason that Iowa State didn't win that game on Saturday, and there were several reasons, but I think the biggest reason is that they put Kansas in a position where Kansas had to make a big play to win the football game, and Kansas time and time again did it. And now Iowa State has to be that team that goes on the road that's when put in that position is able to rise up and make those big plays. And we've seen this team do that at times this year, but Hark, I think that's going to be really important on Saturday night that in the moment, because those moments are going to present themselves, that Iowa State's able to make a play. I agree with that. And I think when you look at Saturday, I think that first quarter is important. How we get on to this game and into this game, when you look at what we did at Waco, the reason we had so much success in, in Waco last out is we had a fast start and we took control of the game. You took the crowd out of it. The rain helped, obviously, but we also took them out with our, with our play. And the same thing when we went to Cincinnati. And so you got to start fast. you know. And I think what got us last week at Kansas is we didn't play bad. We just didn't make the play in that moment, like you just talked about, John. Like, you know, that first series, 
of the game. You have a crowd ready to rock. You get a first down, and then they the timeout happens, and the next thing you know, they review the play. It's not a first down. You punt. The trajectory of that game completely changed after that missed first down in the first series of the game. And you're, you know, I don't know if you necessarily win or lose games in the first series, but man, you sure change what that feel of the game felt like. And I felt like the, the crowd kind of the air went out of it. And I think we need to do that to them. We got to get off to a fast start, score our opening possession like Kansas did on us, take the crowd out of it and take control of that game early and see if they can continue to fight for four quarters. Bingo. I mean, I think that's that's so important. You nailed it, Hark. And the fast start, I think, is going to be really important for, number one, it puts you in great position. But two, I just think the psyche, not only of our team, but the BYU team as well. The good news is, as you mentioned, Hark, is last couple of times Iowa State's been on the road, they have been able to get off to good starts. And, you know, I don't know. Last Saturday night, sometimes you're playing at home. There's some distractions. There's a huge crowd. You think the crowd's going to help pull you through. But it comes down to you've got to make plays. You've got to be you know, aggressive and, and, and do the things that give you opportunities to win. And I think on the road, uh, sometimes, and Hark, you could probably speak to this too. I know as a basketball player, but watching football teams over the years, Sometimes that us against the world mentality, it's just us, there's no distractions, can really be a, a huge positive. And I think I think that could be the case come Saturday night. It is, Eric. When you run on the field, on an opposing field, it's as motivating to the visiting team as it is to the home team. And because you're like, all right, let's do this. Let's let's shut these people down and, and, and send them home disappointed. You know, where, you, where the home field advantage honestly comes into play that I've always felt was in the third and fourth quarter. If you can get a team mm-hmm. on the ropes and you're at home and that crowd goes crazy and you got them and they just start kind of starting doubting themselves, it's not in the first and second half. They're not intimidated by your, you know, walkout music and and, and everything else in the, in the hoopla at the start of a game. What can happen is in the third and fourth quarter, if you're behind and you're having to come from behind, that's when you feel the world against you that it can be very difficult. But you're right, Eric, when you walk out on that field, and the crowd's great and, and going crazy, you are as motivated as the visiting t- or as the home team is. And, and again, we have to take that energy and run with it right away to start this game. Going back to last Saturday night, too, I don't think you can uh, state enough how well Jason Bean played a quarterback. Hmm. I mean, he was terrific. He made the throws they had, he had to make. At the time, the receivers made great catches. And the big thing was, I know they were they were 50% on third down, but it was when they got those third down conversions that were just killers, you know. And I think that's going to be one of the big things going forward. You know, Iowa State scored on its final four possessions of the game. Unfortunately, one of them was in the first half. They only had the ball three times in the second half because they couldn't get off the field. John, you mentioned it earlier. You said making a play to get off the field. That's going to be so huge to get off the field when you have a chance to make that third down, third down stop. I mean, that is, it's a deflator for the crowd, for their opponent, but it gets you the ball back and keeps momentum in your favor. It does. And you look at what we need to do to do that, Eric, we got to get pressure up front. If we're sending three, we got to get home, you know, and, and Bean had too much time in the pocket and without bringing pressure and those three up front, it's hard, you know, it's three on five. I'm not saying it's not hard, but in the past in that defense, we've had guys get home. And I think we have some guys that have the ability to do it, but we have to this week as we look into BYU. If we're sending three, maybe four, you got to get home. You know, and I think that that was a big part of the game. In those big plays, third and fourth down plays, we are not getting the pressure up front that we need to distract. You know, we're covering them way too long on the back end of this thing. So that's going to be really key to, to Saturday. Can I front four, three or four, right. get home when it's time to, to be third and long, when you know it's passed and you know it's going to be a pass rush? Can you beat the guy in front of you? 
right? No sacks last week and, and not a lot of not a lot of quarterback pressures. And playing quarterback this week, we don't know who's gonna play. They they announced it's gonna be Red Slough last night. So Oh wow. Yeah, yep, go ahead. So but well yeah, yeah I mean if you look Retzloff has zero touchdown passes. He's only played one game. He's a junior college player, was allegedly reportedly the number one junior college quarterback in the country. Uh we'll see. Uh, he had an okay game at best, you know, at West Virginia. But Keaton Slovis had 80 touchdown passes, so it, I guess my preference would be to play Retzlaff, even though uh, Slovis hasn't been great this year. Uh, but, boy, that gives Iowa State some kind of an advantage, too, because just the lack of experience at this level for a guy, even though he had really great numbers you know, in junior college, it's a whole different deal now. And what's the quarterback's best friend? The running game, right? And And BYU has not been able to establish a running game. And... So the ball's probably going in the air a lot. Retzloff threw it 42 times last week at West Virginia. So going back to Hark's point about being able to get there, you know, I, I think you can probably get these guys in some third and eight, third and nines, which, again, as Eric mentioned, you know, Kansas was still able to convert last week. But if you can get them in those third and eight, third and nines, I think against this team, without that big threat of the run game that Kansas did have, you know, I think I was taking really dial it up and come after this quarterback. Now, he's a little bit more elusive than Slovis, but I think they can come after him hard and bring some blitzes and really try to get in his head a little bit because of that inexperience. So, Hark, I think your point's a good one, and, and I think Iowa State has a great chance to get some pressure on Saturday night. And the offense they're running would be very similar to what they did there. They, they actually want to run the football, believe it or not. And You know, I, I just don't think they have the horses up front to have success and they've had to go to that passing game. And so when you look at what they're trying to do, we have to shut the run game down. Without a doubt, you got to make them one-dimensional. We did that last week against Kansas, but unfortunately, back to that, we got to get pressure. You know, we made them one-dimensional. We did what we needed to win that game last week, other than the big-time plays, third long, pass rush, like getting home. If we get home last week against Kansas, we win that football game. And so I think the same thing is going to be true on, on Saturday. Make sure you shut the run down. And, and and give them one-dimensional. But when it comes time to get home, the Will McDonald plays, if you will, third and long, you pin your ears back and get there. If you can do that and make them one-dimensional, I think we're going to have a lot of success there on defense. I agree, too. And how many times do you think that Retzlaff has seen a 3-3-5? I mean, he, he just doesn't have the experience to understand the nuances of that. Where Keaton Slovis has play, had played so many games, I mean – as I said, he'd thrown for over 11,000 yards in his career, so it wasn't much he hadn't seen. So it's going to be new, and I look for, you know, I still look for BYU to try to establish the running game. They had a guy that was one of the preseason picks at running back, 240 pounds, that Kilani Satake wants to run the football. Now, it's our job to make sure that doesn't happen, but just like John Haycock says, doesn't matter if you're playing a team that's an air raid team, first thing you have to do is stop that run. And and, and that's one of the areas that has been a constant over the last several weeks. This Iowa State team has stopped that tailback run game very, very well. And I think that's going to put us in a great situation. But once again, when the ball's in the air, you know, Iowa State with 13 interceptions on the season. They need to maybe get 14 and 15 here Saturday night. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. And looking at it from the opposite point here, you know, BYU, they, they're pretty good at getting takeaways too. They have 12 interceptions. They have 18 takeaways as a defense. Right. And this is a game where, 
when each of these teams has won the turnover margin, they're undefeated this season. So obviously that stat is right at the top of the list of, of things that are important. And that's why I think going into this game on the road, night environment, don't get caught up in it. Just keep, keep grinding and doing your thing because if, if it gets into a turnover frenzy, then you're really in some trouble, I think, on the road because these guys will go get some takeaways. They haven't been playing great defensively, but they do go get takeaways. You mentioned 12 interceptions. They've got a couple corners that are both transfers, but they're both really good players. They can create some problems. So I think it's going to be key. You know, Rocco's got to be on point, you know, and I think – see what's there, take what's there. And, and as much as anything, he and the receivers, we had a couple plays that were Rocco and receiver not on the same page. One resulted in a pick six. we got to avoid those kind of plays. But if we can get the receivers on the same page, get some rhythm, I think we have the weapons that can, can move the football down the field and score. Not only that, uh, avoid those turnovers, you know, that a couple times this year has really, has really bitten Iowa State. We've got three pick sixes against us. Yeah, and they've always led to you know, like two of the losses were by the, the, those six. You know, it's not just the turnover; it's how big the turnover is, and and so you know that's going to be big for Rocco. I agree; he's got to be accurate. He's been great. Like, look, I think in the yeah. second half he was eleven for 12, 212 yards or twenty-one yards or something like that. That guy was a a warrior on on Saturday night trying to get back in that game. The problem is he had three chances. You know, it's hard to think in the new timing rules. Is there an impact to it? Yeah, you know, a team got three possessions in a half of football and so he was great when he had his opportunity we just didn't have enough possessions in that football game when it comes to quality comfort and exceptional style insist on the authentic brand label embrace authenticity in your wardrobe with authentic brand collegiate and corporate branded attire the favored choice nationwide back to Rocco for a minute too I mean I think once again after throwing the pick six I think it just speaks so much to his resiliency that he's able to continue playing. He doesn't let it really get to him. And I think for a young guy, it's rare and it's great to see because uh, once again, happy that he's developed and, and played great. It's the first game he didn't have a touchdown pass in, you know, as a starter. I think that'll he'll be back on the touchdown pass brigade come Saturday night. I think a guy that's huge in this game offensively and special teams for Iowa State is Jalen Knoll. And, you know, when, when Iowa State recruited him and got him out of Kansas City, you were excited about the possibilities that he could do a lot of different things to help your football team. And, man, are we seeing that now. I mean, he throws a 42-yard pass last week. He had that long kickoff return that should have been down to the one-yard line. When he's been able to return a kick this year, he's averaging 48 yards a kickoff return. <laughs> now, he hasn't yeah. returned that many. But when, you know, Kansas got that dumb penalty, you're thrilled because you know that Jalen's going to get a chance for, for a return. So, anyway... I love the way Nate Shieldhouse is getting him involved multiple ways in the offense. I love the way he's involved dynamically in special teams. And I think in this game in particular, he could be a real weapon for Iowa State. I agree. When you look at what you know he did last week, he did everything he could. You know, like you, you just talked about it, a 42-yard pass, 52-yard kick return, and five for 54 was his receiving in, uh, last week. And he's impacting the game for like 66% of it off, you know, offense, special teams, uh, you know, and, and the only thing he's not on is defense yet. And, and I say, yet, you never know. He could be a safety at some point. The kid's so talented <laughs> at what he does, but he is kind of the, the, the jack of all trades for us. And, you know, he, he is a very positive influence in the locker room. He's a great leader. Um, and I think that he's been the steadiest, you know, receiver game in game out of what we're trying to do. Um, and Nate has done a nice job with him. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you look at our receivers, and I know he's in his third season, but but he is the most experienced one Iowa State has, and it shows. I mean, he, he's done a really good job. I mean, I thought last year he was had a little inconsistency at times, made a lot of good plays, but this year his consistently consistency level is off the charts. I mean, it's terrific. I mean, <clears throat> he's been a first down machine when he catches the ball in those third down situations, and you know, obviously, you know, uh, Rocco. <laughs> looks for him. I mean, I know he's not the biggest guy, but he's the guy that finds ways to get open and he finds ways to move the chains. And man, moving the chains is what it's all about. Yeah, and look for uh, the possibility of a good punt return from Jalen this week because Ryan Rico, their punter, really good, 48.4 average. But as I watch their games, he does tend to outkick his coverage a little bit sometimes. He gets some low line drives. Uh, there's some very, very returnable punts that he delivers. And maybe Jalen gets a big opportunity in the punt return game this week. Looking forward to seeing that. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. You know, on the back end of the defense, guys, we're not sure about Jeremiah Cooper's status. It's so critical to this football team when he's in there. He makes such a big difference. But all in all, Iowa State has done a pretty good job of avoiding major injuries this year. They've been able to stay pretty healthy, and that's going to be critically important in these final three games as they try to, you know, try to accomplish something in the postseason. It is. When you have those guys in the back end together, it's a different team. You know, Malik Verdon on the field, I think, really makes a difference on that defense. I think you're learning quickly. Jeremiah Cooper on that defense really makes a difference. You know, and we all know what Bo Freeler has been doing. And so when we're healthy – especially on that back end with those safeties, we're a much better football team. And, and so, again, we do play a lot, a lot in depth, but there's a reason they're starters too, you know. And I think that with right. Jeremiah Cooper leading the nation in, in interceptions at one point, I, I don't know if he still is after last week, and I haven't seen the stats yet, but he's up there, you know. he That makes a difference. Like t- teams have to know where he is on the field. And when, that, when he's not on the field, you just got to think in your head as you're watching the Kansas game last night, does he make that play? You know, when you're looking at that last week, you're like, can he, you know, on that long pass play, when we have them, when their backs against the wall and it's play action pass, Jeremiah Cooper's closing speed's unbelievable. Like, does he make that play? And so, man, I hope he's he's back for Saturday because he makes a big difference on that defense, especially in, in pass coverage. Right. I mean, you can't have 10 guys doing their job and one guy on the back end not doing their job. And last week, Blake Thompson, they kind of picked on him a little bit at times, but he also made some really good plays too. And I think whether it's him or whoever is back there, if, if Jeremiah can't go, I mean, hopefully uh, just see a step forward in that area because certainly their offensive coordinator has a pretty good idea of what KU did and what was successful. And they're going to try to exploit whatever they can. And hopefully Iowa State is ready to go at that position. All right, guys, this has been good stuff. And uh, we will look look forward to seeing you late uh, on Saturday night and uh, Mm -hmm. trying to get out of there with a great Cyclone victory and bowl eligibility. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to happen. Absolutely. Go Cyclones. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.